this evening's Dharma talk was um, suggested by Freedom Mountain, otherwise known as Chuck. I mean, choose on <laughs> pretty much talk about anything, even though I'm always kind of puzzled about what I should talk about. So it's great help. You want to continue to help me? Okay, I'll call on you. So the idea there, uh, the earth is flat. It's just a, something that was said for thousands of years. And then somebody discovered it wasn't flat. It was bumpy. And uh, But I like to say, I often say, uh, do you, is the earth flat or round? Of course, everybody's going to say it's round. Well, most, there's a few people on YouTube that argue that. And they have something going there, which you did. But if it was flat, you could walk in a circle and think it was round. So is that what's happening? Is that what, how do they know it's round? I mean, why, uh, even from space, it, it looks round, but it might be just a flat disk. It keeps changing every time you look over. <coughs> I mean, it could be. So what am I uh, saying here? I'm saying uh, the reason I accepted that as a, a talk title is because we tend to grasp on to the concept of something. Oh, and now, now I know. And then we stop examining. We stop looking at it. So any kind of a interpretation that we have of anything tends to, um, and it's not that it is, isn't rel relatively accurate, um, but dependently arisen, if we look at the complete picture, you may not uh, feel quite as safe in your opinion, your ideas, your conclusions, your concepts, and so on. A well, tit-for-tat kind of situation like this person committed a crime, therefore they need to be punished or locked up. And, you know, this is the easiest way to do it. And if you look really close, I think isn't that a legal term or something? Well, probably not. It's probably just somebody who want, doesn't want to be blamed. And uh, but if you look at any situation, you'll see that it's a much deeper than just just what happened. Uh, the courts uh, in our country don't want to deal with that because it's too complicated. It would take forever. And so somebody is maybe relatively to to blame. Uh, I mean, this person did that, or um, you can do it a little bit. But if you go too far with it, then you actually shut out all the causes and conditions that had to arise for that simple this caused that situation to even occur. So that's quite often what we do. We just take the, just a surface understanding. And if, if this person um, did something harmful to this person, then our laws say this person needs to be punished. Interesting that we don't say this person has to be, be good if we help them. No, we want, we want to retaliate. We want, we want blood. We want, and we don't really realize, and I'm not accusing you of anything, nor am I, predicting any future event, but you're going to be on the other side of that. You're always on the other side of everything. That's why the earth is flat. You're always not. Yes. What do you mean by the other side? Of what? And you're going to be on the other side of things like, uh, you know, I for an eye would both lose our sight. So, I mean, if you're interacting with somebody, you don't retaliate. What did you mean by being on the other side of things? A victim and perpetrator. Eventually you'll be, if you're a perpetrator, eventually you'll be a victim. There's no way to get out of it. I don't care how, what a wonderful, angelic person you are, because you're part of dependent origination. It's a basic teaching of the Buddha. I'm not making it up. Uh, I've of separate, so-called, uh, discrete events. You can't find one thing that causes something else for some event that happened. This one person was in there. He was, uh, uh, 
went in there when he was 17 because his mother and his father, causes and conditions, were both addicts and both pretty much useless when it came to being parents. Who knows what happened to them to cause them to be in that situation, but this person needed to have a family and they found a, um, a gang that was their family. And when the gang went to rob a store, uh, rob someplace, somebody got killed. He was there. He didn't kill them, but he was there. So uh, he, and I think in that situation, the person who did the killing got away. And so he uh, was in, when I met him, he was in his forties and been in prison for quite, you know, several decades and been trying to get parole. And this is years ago. I don't know if he ever got out or not. But if you were to meet this fellow, um, it probably scratch your head a little bit of trying to find out what, where is where is the evil, terrible person that needed to spend several dozen years in prison because of something happened when they were 17 that had, as I said before, some kind of extenuating circumstances. Therefore, the earth is flat. You follow me? It's just we, we come to a conclusion about it. Earth is round, earth is flat. Both of those are lies. That's relative truth that is grasped onto is always untrue. Now, relative truth that is allowed to, allowed to breathe, it, then you can, might see both sides of that polarity. You might see the, you might have uh, a sense of uh, maybe humanity or maybe even compassion might arise for someone who is uh, in a desperate situation. I often say, ignorance closely without making any excuses for yourself, without blaming your parents, without blaming your society, without blaming yourself, but just look at that, sit down, look at the wall until you see that, then there's a good chance that you, when you do run into a situation where someone is mistreating you, instead of seeing their mistreatment as a threat or a warfare, you might see that the reason they're even doing that is because they're suffering so much. And the only way they can get rid of that anxiety, that pain, that suffering is to throw it onto you, sometimes with a gun, sometimes with a club, sometimes with their fist, sometimes with their sarcasm, sometimes with their dirty looks, sometimes by taking away your uh, wallet. I mean, seeing deeply into something. Anytime anything is occurring, it is not just that event. It has a, a labyrinth that goes every which direction. And uh, the, the further you look, the more distant everything gets. But it's very necessary for that one simple cause at the end of that uh, line of activity to be there for the entire event to come together. Just like anyone who is born here, your mother and your father had to come together at a particular time in a particular place for you. It might be somebody here, but it wouldn't be you. And there's a good likelihood you wouldn't be here. You'd be somewhere else. When I say you, I'm saying uh, that's uh, negligible, whether there is a you that can be somewhere else. Find out. If you take it for granted, then Earth is flat. Where is this flat? So how did they how did they come out with the earth being round? Is it is it round? Does anybody know for a fact? Can you prove that the earth is round? Can you prove that you have thoughts? Does everyone here have thoughts? Say, yeah. yeah. Not really. Huh? No, you stupid. liar. <laughs> <laughs> Where did thoughts come from? Huh? Where did thoughts even come from? Uh, good point. Find out. I can help you. First find out what they are. And see if their their beingness actually has a source, just awareness, just awareness. But but not investigating that uh, causes us to get wound up in our negativity, so that we can't we can't see the negativity and see that it's uh, that uh, quite often our reaction to things is is about protecting ourselves from from something that is uh, probably inevitable.
All right, I've said enough. Earth is flat. Anything else? Excuse me. How can we investigate without concluding? See that you conclude. If, if you're looking at anything and you have a conclusion, that's what it, that's what it looks like. And if you watch the conclusion, you'll see that that prevents any further exploration. But what if Hansa uh, uh, de Leon had concluded that when he hit the Canary Islands, that that was Florida? You know about that, right? Then he would never have found the Fountain of Youth. So if you conclude, it's, it's not that it's not correct. It's not that fire is hot, conclusion, water is wet, earth is hard, wind moves. It's not that there aren't conclusions that, that show up. But to do that just because you don't like not knowing, which is what the, e the ego's uh, method of operation is, if it doesn't know something, it'll make up something because it does not like to be in open space without a reference point. And why? Because the ego is unreal. It's a paranoid insurance policy, according to my teacher. It's a, an aspect of consciousness that doesn't want to be found out that there isn't anyone there. The, the interesting thing about this, if you find out there isn't anyone there, then your paranoia starts to reduce by quite a bit. Um, it seems to be just a really um, familiar sentence or question type, like how do we do this without that? Um, and often like you do with Jews, I'm say, see that you do. So like if, if I said, how do I investigate without concluding? You'll, you said, see that you conclude. Is that the way that we can get to not concluding? Sure. If you, if you have a negativity, uh, whether it's, uh, it could be something like just a, a low level depression that keeps kind of haunting you. Um, if you try to cover that up, which you can do, people will sell you all kinds of stuff to cover that, both legal and illegal. And some of it works and some of it doesn't. Some of it works for a little while. Some of it works for a long time. Some of it has side effects. Some of it, some of it doesn't. Some of it, the very the situation itself is a side effect. Some of, sometimes there's no side for the effect, but the effect is there anyway. But even further confusing, as you can see, how difficult that would be to deal with intellectually. Well, except for you, maybe. You probably could figure it out. What's your question? I'm the one with a bad memory. <laughs> what is it? Would you like me to repeat it or ask it in another way? Now, let me think about it. I don't care. Just ask me. Where the question was coming out of, I guess I hadn't considered that that was a way for us to like, that we could not conclude by watching it. We conclude it almost felt like it was like the fact that we were asking that question was like looking in the wrong area. No, you, you see that the tendency is to jump to conclusions is a common phrase. But even crawl to confusions is still confusing. Confusing, you don't have to jump. Uh, it's just to think that, that whatever is showing up, uh, as soon as you conclude anything about it, you actually stop investigating and you start you start enjoying the comfort and security of your conclusion. Sometimes called an opinion if it, if it gets uh, uh, if it uh, goes on for an indefinite length of time. Some people live in their their opinions so strongly they they, they don't live there. They miss their life. I'm not saying they don't have breakfast or do the laundry, but I'm saying they, they miss the uh, incredible adventure we call life, uh, incredible openness we call life, the incredible unknown of just walking down any street. Did we learn to enjoy the open space? No. Do you want to know more? <laughs> Go ahead. What do we, um, What? how does that relationship develop with the open space? We, we stop separating ourselves from space out of paranoia, out of fear, like too much space, so the, the ego word for that is not knowing what's going to happen next. Anxiety, paranoia. If you buy into that, 
That is not going to be easy. I'm not saying you can't reduce it somewhat by relating to the anxiety as something you need to avoid or get away from or find some way, some modality to stay away from it. But if you come into this room and you listen to this old man, I'm going to, uh, at some point, maybe not right away, but rub your nose in it with, with your permission. And how do I do that? I say, face the wall. I don't have to do anything else because you're already looking at your own, um, what does that word? Your own, hold me here. You're already looking at your own, huh? Yeah. I was thinking of that other word, but I'm not going to use that because I'm on howdy-doody time. <laughs> but we look, we look at that, and then through the sitting practice of meditation, through, uh, you could say, stretching our awareness to just observe, just observe, we see the way we conclude. And by continuing to watch the conclusion, that conclude, concluding energy starts to wear out. It gets its, uh, it gets its energy from uh, caving into fear. And by sitting still, holding still, watching what moves, eventually we become, I have to say it this way, fearless. It's not that the fear goes away. We're just not going to react to that anymore. We want the truth more than we want safety. It's called, uh, a teacher sometime back called it the wisdom of insecurity. I think it was uh, probably Pema Chodron quoting somebody. Wisdom of insecure, be feeling insecure is, is the doorway to the wisdom because wisdom is, uh, uh, it doesn't see anything but wisdom. It doesn't see enemies. It doesn't even see friends. It doesn't need friends. It doesn't need enemies. It doesn't need anything because why? The ultimate expression of that is it's not separate from anything. It doesn't not. It doesn't mean it's all smushed together. You have one big ball of gunk called wisdom. It means that the incredible separation that everything has is uh, is appreciated, and uh, and when that energy is flowing smoothly, the only word for it is love. But it's not. It's not craving, it's not lust, it's not attachment, it's not demand on anything to do as I say or you don't love me. It's uh, it's just a complete expression it's happening all the time. Most people, because they're afraid of their lives, they miss it. They shut down with their ideas, their opinions, their judgments, and their beliefs. If you're listening to me, you could give your mind the benefit of the doubt and just watch what moves. Just like watching... Uh, if you're watching uh, a carpet, you could watch carpet beetles. Along the lines of the conclusions wear themselves out. Yes, I did. Um, How did that happen? Not, no. Um, <laughs> I'm glad you didn't answer that. <laughs> it just seems like I look for proof of that happening. So if it does wear itself out. You, you just avoid it. By looking for proof, you've stopped examining. As soon as you look for proof of anything, this is not, uh, uh, it's not, uh, uh, 10th grade chemistry. You know, it's, it's a different, it's a, it's a similar dynamic and those metaphors work somewhat, but the fundamental situation is you need to look at the very thing that you're trying to understand, which is the confusion or is the, uh, coming to conclusions or the, is the, the, <coughs> Uh, avoidance or ignorance of the fundamental truth. Yes, sir. Would we notice if conclusions wore themselves out? Yes. And is that ceasing to invest? Would that cease to investigate? Well, if you've already investigated, then you don't have to continue. Keep coming. That, that package isn't unwrapped yet. Well, you said that. Be careful now. I'm not accusing you of anything. <laughs> <laughs> There's that thing you say where, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh -oh, once you're on the path, 
best finish. <laughs> yes. And you've said to just keep practicing for the rest of your life. Yes, I have. So how could there, it just seems like that contradicts what you just said. That's the finish. There isn't anything to finish. Trump and Betray has a, a title of a book. It's also a phrase I've heard him use, a journey without goal. As long as there's a living being, there's a journey. Without goal, there's no goal. But the illusion is that there is a goal. It's not that you might clear up some of your neurosis and possibly help others by not making life miserable for them or in, or meddling with other people's karma based on your idea of what should happen, what shouldn't happen, including your own. Don't miss your life by covering up aspects of your life you think shouldn't be there or think you don't deserve. Not just you, but anybody. Yes. Ran out of steam. Steamboat Willie. Yes. So how much further do we have to go before we unwrap the package? How much further? Yeah. Might never get unwrapped, but we still have to do it. We still have to to look and see what is this? Fundamentally, what is this? Rather than buying into the Earth is flat. Well, the Earth is flat, you know, a few hundred years ago. And now the Earth is round, another, another opinion. So I'm not saying we should disbelieve that or believe it. Just don't do anything with it. It's so easy just to latch on to something that people say. We see it uh, in this uh, particular period of uh, uh, so-called history. We see people intensely going after uh, global warming and other people intensely going after that's a hoax or intensely, intensely. It's, uh, uh, you might want to spend some time on the cushion looking at your own mind before you go out and join one of these uh, clubs. Not that there isn't one that may be relatively correct and one's relatively wrong, but anytime you have warfare, Anytime you have any kind of tension between the, no, the communication, the communication goes down the tubes and the cooperation is uh, non-existent and the collaboration is just a, uh, a foreign word. So it's about seeing, start with your own mind, work with your own mind. If this, as I've said before, if you have unexamined aggression under your rib cage somewhere or in the back uh, in your mind you have, and it's not been examined, it's not been liberated uh, and it's hidden out. Then it may, you may think you're doing fine, but if you get into an area where there's a certain kind of frequency where other people have a, a certain kind of aggression that resonates with that aggression, your aggression can come rising to the fore. You know, a mountain out of a molehill kind of thing. You didn't notice anything and suddenly you're extremely upset and mad about something somebody said. And all they said was something that maybe they didn't even tend to offend you, but they did. And you're in a rage. If you don't examine that and, and settle your own warfare then you'll, you'll project your warfare onto the world and then you'll think it's on the world and you go to, you go to war with it. You'll fight the very warfare that you've just projected in front of you. Very simple and very difficult to see or understand or to bring to a halt. Is there fruition to investigation? Uh, there's, there's fruition, uh, but, but it's not in the form that, that we might think. It's, a, oh, uh, you might not say, oh, uh, that's over with. But that's over finally there's fruition there. You might not say that, but there is a there is a fruition. But it's it, it's where everything that seems separate is no longer. There's nothing to conclude because there's anything separate. So one actually sees with one's own heart mind that everywhere you look, you don't see anything but yourself. Not not your you're not your ego self, but you don't see any. Another way of saying it, you don't see anything that's other. Uh, the, the the third turning teachings of the Buddha is uh, empty of other. It's, it's empty of anything else, other, which is a way of talking about. Yes. Does that quality of investigation still exist? Is it an assumption that there's something to find that leads to that investigation? 
the investigation can show up, can continue and can show up differently for different people, depending on how that shows up. And if a person has uh, received the vows that we uh, we observe in this particular lineage, then that investigation uh, is very low level, but is still there in terms of helping others. You investigate just enough to see if you can help someone, but you don't step across the line and inter- intercept their karma or tell them they should do this or do that or clean up their act or uh, everything. Even even somebody who's uh, who's doing something that, generally speaking, would not be thought of as very healthy, you mind your own business. It's their karma. This doesn't mean that if you see someone getting ready to kill somebody else or harm, uh, beat up a child or a dog or something like that, as I've said before, you step in, you stop them. You don't need to think, you don't need my help. Step into it. But you don't do it out of some kind of, hmm, now let's see, would that... Would Sokazan think that was meddling for me to stop that person from murdering him? Hmm. I'm being silly here, but I'm just saying, I'm just saying you would know. You just know what to do. In any kind of emergency, we all, we know what to do. We just know. You don't, as the other example, if a child is running out in front of a car, you don't check with their mom and dad to see if it's okay to stop them. You grab them before they get in front of that car. Let me go over here to Michael first. Um. If it seems like the desire for something else uh, is trumping the desire to see the truth, how can we work with that in our everyday practice? I think just that when you say in our everyday practice, just to continue to practice, it might take a lot of sitting down, holding still, looking at a wall and just being bored to death uh, before you before that awareness starts to penetrate into deeper layer, layers of uh, what is commonly called or traditionally called ignorance. Uh, the interesting thing about ignorance is you don't know what you're ignoring. The very nature of shutting down is blind. Whereas the, the other two poisons of uh, grasping or craving or demanding uh, or lust or whatever you want to say that wants something uh, is pretty obvious. And aggression, which wants to stop something, kill something, hurt something, end something, pretty obvious. But uh, ignorance is just what, what problem? It's just gone away or I think it's time to go for a walk. Distraction is the is the sneakiest form of uh, of ignorance. You can see that if you're having a conversation with someone, it's interesting if you're uh, if you're present and you you're talking to someone, and you can just about see it in their eyes when they just have stopped listening to you, and their eyes kind of as it said glaze over, or they say they might be asking you a question about something you answer and you wait to see if they're going to have any more interest in how to go skydiving, uh, and then they just say, "What time is it?" Or they say, um, you want a hot dog? They change the subject. Probably not hot dog. Probably want a veggie burger. Yes. Seems like it shows up as distraction on the cushion. Yes. Like just, just shifting around a little bit. Yes. Just, um, is it necessary to hold still through those urges? If you can, without without hold still, without being rigid. Uh, if, if it gets uh, starts to get a little bit intense, get up and walk around. Go for a walk. It's not a not a prison. This is not a military. I've been there. This is not it. So get up. Even if you've been sitting for 15 minutes and, and you feel distressed in some way, don't sit there and push your way through it. I mean, go out, look out the window, uh, go smoke a cigarette. No, don't do that. <laughs> go. I mean, take a little bit of a break, and then but then come right back in and sit back down, and then and then look at the contrast. See if anything had changed by you providing a contrast by leaving, and come back and see. Did that come back exactly with the same number of ripples in it? 
Or is that particular emotional dynamic have a different shape, a different texture? So it's always about awareness, never about a conclusion. It's about the awareness. And the awareness may show up in terms of texture or speed or frequency uh, or um, uh, rhythm, all kinds of things, uh, words that can be used that, that seem to show up in music and art and all of those things. Yes. So, yeah, like I have a thought like this is getting me nowhere and I stand up and just do something else. Am I believing that thought? Maybe, but it's not about stopping belief. And when I say don't believe your thoughts, I know you can't help believe your, believe your thoughts. I believe my thoughts. That's how I know about it. But if you if you look at the way you believe thoughts, uh, it doesn't exactly doesn't have exactly the same hold on you as believing thoughts uh, and with no no investigation at all. Whereas if you look at the thoughts and you say, "Is that true? Is it, is it you can actually question? Is that what I'm feeling, believing?" Smelling, tasting, hearing, touching. Is that true? Is the earth flat? And you can use that kind of real, uh, almost brittle, stark contrast. Is the earth flat? Is this true? What I'm feeling? The interesting thing about anything that seems to be relatively true is it doesn't last. Have you noticed how you can be really, really just blazing mad one minute, ready to, you know, break the law? <laughs> and then it's gone. And it's almost like the ego mind doesn't like that because it, it it's kind of a, it's upsetting to the ego to not be able to hang on to angry feelings of resentment when somebody actually did something. So then we try to do what? Zombie thoughts. We try to resurrect our feelings. We'll squish around and say, they shouldn't have done that. And we'll talk to our friends. You know what they did? And they said this. And what do you think about it? Oh, I think that's terrible. You shouldn't put up with that. Bingo. You know, you've got somebody on your side helping you resurrect the zombie thoughts so that you can continue your rage against somebody who probably didn't even tend to hurt you in the first place. Is there a difference in quality? Like, let's say a thought came up like this is getting me nowhere and I sit through it as opposed to getting up. Is there a difference in quality? I think it was a good question, but I think it would be very, very individual. I think with each person, it would be, could be. I understand your question, but I think it would be different, not only with each person, but with each time that you did that, it would be something changing all the time because nothing uh, is particularly static more. Was it? You had brought up like how in an emergency we just know what to do. Yes. Can we relate to everything that way? Yeah, everything's an emergency. How do we see that? See that it's not not an emergency. But it seems like a lot of contrast, like the the kid running in the road that, that doesn't happen yeah. every day. So, so that 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 uh, shock or that fear uh, kind of. Uh, uh, triggers our, our understanding on a deep level that is not necessarily about thinking. It's just a fundamental understanding of cars kill people. Uh, that, that child cannot live. So we see everything all at once. It's instant. Uh, there's no, there's no aberration. There's no thought process. There's no analysis. We just function. You can do that, uh, without there being an emergency. You can just function. But if you think you're separate and you think you can win or lose, live or die, if you think all those polarities are true, earth is flat, earth is round, you think those, you know, that's still a debate there. Uh, then, then we get caught on one side or the other, and we get, you know, we just get uh, uh, taken into that situation because it, because the ego mind, self-centered mind, feels safer there. It's hard to live in an open dimension of being. An open dimension is so open that the only way I know that I uh, teach is because I'm here. Time to teach. If you all left, I wouldn't try to figure out how to round you up. I'd go home. And, and I, I'm serious, I would do that. I might say, where did those people go that used to come? When you would say, don't worry about it, you're all right. 
Go ahead. So when you talk about living in that open dimension, yes. um, is it not a constant state of emergency where we just know what to do? Well, it's uh, the word emergency comes from something that emerges, it emerges. So everything is always emerging and emerging and emerging. So it's a different kind of emergency. It's an emergency without contrast. So it's, everything is emerging. So you, uh, it's pretty hard to terrify you, uh, really pretty hard to surprise you. I'm not saying you couldn't come up behind me or anybody else and say boo and scare them or startle them, but, but nothing's going to particularly shock you because there's the only thing where you can be shocked is if you're closed down and you're, uh, you you've retreated into your uh, cocoon or your little shell of privacy or did you question from Bosker? Oscar. How do we know that no separate self is not a conclusion? Uh, it, it could be uh, a conclusion uh, if you think you have somehow eliminated that. That there was a separate self, but now I no longer have a separate self. The, the, the way you know that it's uh, not a conclusion is you don't conclude. It's not something you conclude. You just see that there, there isn't anything there. And if, uh, so there's no conclusion. Uh, you don't actually go into, well, there's nothing there, so I'll no longer look there. You see it constantly. You see no self, no self, no self, no self. Everywhere you look, you see no self. You see no other. Not only nothing here, but nothing out there. It's called freedom, and it's, a, it's available to everybody. You don't have to be locked up in the prison of your mind, your opinions, your ideas, your judgments, your beliefs. You don't have to have a position on anything. You can function quite well without positions. Or beliefs. Yeah. Sorry, two points. What do you mean, or what is your definition to polarity? Polarity? Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing, it looks like two. Just a way of saying it. Mm-hmm. Polarity is, you can't have one thing without its opposite. The very nature of uh, relative truth is night and day, light and dark, up and down, back, back and forth, uh, this way and that way, plus and minus, plus and minus, life and death, uh, Buddhas and sentient beings. Uh, a very, very interesting one is pain and pleasure, because uh, uh, pain is just a, the abrasion of the nerve endings, whichever sense field you're in. Uh, somehow, that sensitive area gets abraded or roughed up by 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 something, uh, no matter what uh, sense field that's in. So, but also if it if it's the other way, if it's soothing, same same sense, uh, the same uh, ears that hear some uh, something that's um, out of tune. You know, like, have you ever heard of, uh, well, I can't mention Rumi because he's, he's pretty much in tune, but somebody who was really young play a violin would not be too comfortable. Uh, a violin's very, very sensitive instrument has to be, um, has to be stroked. So a beautiful sound and terrible sound. And even though it's not exactly the same as having a railroad spike, uh, drug across your backbone, uh, so that would be one feeling, a nerve ending, and the other one would be a feather or something, which might take a little bit or actually feel good. And, you know, there's simple metaphors, but it's like that. It's like really tasty food and really horrible food. Sometimes we like sour food. It's, it's not exactly pleasurable, but it's, it's, a, it's kind of exciting. You know, it's a culinary, uh, what do they call that? What Culinary? No, there's a name for that. I can't think of what it's called. And I don't have any chefs here to ask. Or do I? There can be music philosophy. Pardon me? Like comparable music philosophy after uh, music got darker after World War II. Every day is like more relevant to the premise of life. Interesting. Yeah, that's, I, I think that's the uh, same thing with the, 
with the arts, if you look at the the art that was produced around World War One, the German Expressionist uh, painters of that day were uh, like uh, 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 Franz Marc or other German Expressionist painters. It was, it was pretty dark, lots of bright colors, but they were done in a way that was, was dark. George Gross is another one. Uh, and then World War Two, that that very similar kind of thing. But with music also. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, so there's a couple different things that have come to me. Um, the two generalizations that have come full circle with me a couple times is uh, beliefs are going to be a mind killer and then you're not going to escape karma. It's kind of like it seems to just pop back in my head as we keep talking about this. <laughs> so do you have a question? Uh, no, it's just fascinating to me because polarity is kind of something I've stepped into with metaphors lately because I that was introduced to me through electricity. So like, you know, if you have the feather on one end and the other rough, yeah, of a response on the other end, that's kind of karma. Polarized. And, and this path is about um, uh, being confused and suffering and, and being af afraid of death and afraid of anything. And then, uh, and then liberation. So it's not a, it's not a, uh, it's not a, uh, a theistic path. It isn't about a higher being that knows everything that we are, we're worshiping, but it's about a, a human being who discovered something about the nature of being alive and shared it with others. And it's come down to us through 2,500 years. Nothing to believe. I don't believe in anything particularly. Even even Buddhism, I don't believe in this. If I believed in, I couldn't teach it because the Buddha didn't necessarily believe what he was saying. Yes. Uh, William Murray has a question. Yes, William. He asks: Is observation the same as investigation? <clears throat> uh, yes, same thing. If the if the investig if the observation is just just very, uh, very much about give, give it your attention and then whatever moves, receive it. So no addition, subtraction, no, no cover, no, no cover ups. If there's any cover ups, they'll come with the territory and they'll, it'll reveal itself. You don't have to dig. That's what he's asking me. Uh, question from Sanho in Oklahoma. What does it look like to act without opinion or position? Well, as far as what it looks like, it uh, depends on who's doing the looking. Uh, if someone is doing that that doesn't have a deep understanding of how that works, it could be terrifying. You might find yourself in a situation where you don't have time to, uh, what do they call that, get it together. Um, then you might find that you have to act uh, out of that uh, emergency or that the, the, so the immediacy of the situation. You have to do something. You don't have time to Think about it. So it may sound, it may uh, feel like that, or it may look like that. But to to one who uh, deeply understands what this is, then that person may not act very much. And when they do act, it would come out of uh, seeing the the whole picture, the big picture, seeing everything, and not particularly acting out of self interest, up to and including protecting yourself or making sure that people like you. I have a few minutes. If there's any more questions, yes. Earlier, you were talking about unexamined aggression here gets projected out. Yes. Is any anger or aggression outwards uh, evidence of some sort of internal warfare? Not necessarily. Not necessarily. You could you could see something happening happening in front of you because you're there. You have eyes. You're seeing. You're a human being, and there are two people, three people, eight people doing something that's very harmful to someone else. Uh, or creating difficulty, and uh, it may not resonate with any kind of a, 
un, uh, unexamined anger, but you may just see the situation and get pissed off. Uh, it's called anger without hatred. So you might go and grab them by the scruff of the neck if they had one and stop them. But, but you wouldn't, you wouldn't think that they're horrible people necessarily. They're just, they're, they're probably suffering. So they're, the way they get out, the way people conventionally get out of their suffering is to dump it on somebody else. It's called blame or it's called warfare or it's called punishment. Blame somebody else. Our whole society is, uh, somebody does something wrong, blame. Or then we find out why they did it and we blame them. It's blame and blame and blame. Uh, no one, uh, I won't say no one, but rarely does anyone sit down and fundamentally try to help someone who is, who has become so miserable that they've taken their, their anger, their hatred out on others. Rare to find that. And s sometimes the people who are doing that don't want your help. And you get too close to them, they'll, uh, they'll put your head on the shopping block. More about that. Susan. If we see blame showing up in ourselves, how do we relate to that? Just observe it. Don't get rid of it. Don't justify it. No, add not do no math at all. Don't add. Just notice that whether it's blaming yourself or blaming others. Because if you do anything too quickly to try to remove it, so you don't blame, then uh, because you can't get rid of it. Uh, the very nature of of dependent origination is that you can't remove something. It's like they have a big puzzle and you want to pull one piece out because you don't like it, or somebody uh, um, took a bite out of it. So don't don't interfere with the structure, but be very aware of it. I feel this desire to like take responsibility for it or something instead. Is that meddling? No, you could, you could be responsible. The ability to respond doesn't mean blame. Uh, it just means that you have the ability that when you see something happening, you can, you can look at it, you can observe it, you can witness it, or you can receive its negativity. You can receive its positivity. You just receive it. As I've said before, give everything your attention and whatever moves, whatever way, but moves away, say goodbye. Or don't say anything. If it moves off to one side, just observe. If it moves towards you, um, let it come. Even if it seems threatening, if you can, let it let it come forward. It's receiving the response then? Yeah. The ability to respond. You're responding to it going away by, by not disagreeing. You're responding to it coming towards you by not disagreeing. And nor nor agreeing. Give it no give it no feedback. You don't need to produce, as I sometimes use a uh, reception production. Uh, receiving is seems uh, for someone who's trying to train their mind to be more less crazy, more sane. Receiving uh, seems to be the important thing, so you can see more clearly how you function in the world. Producing, in other words, ideas, opinions, judgments, evaluations, anything, even if it's relatively true, even if the Earth is flat, it's still a production. The Earth is round, the Earth is flat. It's, they're just productions. It's like the Buddha's. Uh, the first words out of his mouth, as far as we know, one of the things he said is life is suffering. He didn't say part-time. And he was not a nihilist. He was a realist. Yes? How would you describe the difference between anger and hatred? So, it could be very similar, but anger without hatred. Hatred is actually thinking something needs to be stopped or annihilated or done away with or changed or ripped up or chained or controlled. And uh, anger is just uh, part of being a human being. If you're in this body form, you're going to have uh, nerve ending pain. You're going to have relationship uh, uh, difficulty. People, uh, things are going this way and going that way. And, and you're, uh, you know, you're trying to um, fix your, fix the wheel on your ox cart or fix a wheel on your uh, uh, 2003 Buick 
you still have the sabers? <laughs> Probably not. But you're trying to, you, you know, you get angry with it. You get irritated or frustrated. That's not a problem. If you think you have to be live up to some kind of ideal of someone who doesn't have any emotions anymore, this is a misunderstanding. Sometimes if people, if you're a meditator, you've been meditating, especially for years, especially if you're a monk and someone sees you get angry or something, they say, I thought you meditated. I thought you were so peaceful. And here you all are angry, spitting and sputtering. And they just love to kind of look at you and caught you getting mad. Had that happened yet? Yeah. You ever seen me mad? <laughs> Do you hate me? Huh? <laughs> Do you hate me? I love you. Always. I only get mad at people I love. Any further questions? You say just receive and just observe. Yes. What's the difference between observe and receive? So if you're observing, if you're just giving everything your attention, you're observing whatever's happening in your mind or in the world or outside or the birds are chirping and people walking down the hallway or banging on the door and you're just uh, you're, you're observing things that are happening in your mind about, oh, I need to get, oh, I need to pay that bill. I want to get one more day. Uh, little kinds of uh, subconscious gossip that's going on back and forth. Everybody does it. I do it. So not something you get rid of. It's just, just Observe that. And that by observing that, you're training your mind to meet everything as it is, as simple as possible, without a bunch of uh, without a bunch of post-it notes all over it that make it impossible to decipher what the hell's even going on. You don't need post-it notes. No comment. Whatever's happening, no comment. If you need to comment on it, you, you won't be able to help it at some point. What was the other part of the question? What's the difference between observing and receiving? So uh, if you're observing, uh, you can't really receive unless you are observing. So if you're observing whatever is happening, then whatever is moving your way, observe that it's uh, you're receiving it. It's just you're not objecting to it with your ideas, opinions, you know, uh, uh, solid uh, uh, steel post-it notes. You've seen those right? made of metal and they have a bunch, whole bunch of glue on the top and you can stick them on somebody so they can't get to you. You can write on it, no. <laughs> Can't come in my house. <laughs> you haven't seen those? <laughs> Further question? Steve? Do you have any thoughts on subconscious projection? Yeah, there are most uh, projections are, 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 are tied up with, uh, with a lower level of uh, awareness where there's no, there's no actual uh, there's consciousness there, but it, there's no awareness there about it. In our tradition, in the Buddhist tradition, the Yogacara tradition is a uh, uh, it's called the Alevijnana, or it's a storehouse consciousness. And so if something happens here, we hear a sound, and that area is triggered. So if it's not been examined, if we're not clear about what's in that area, then that those little gremlins can come climbing right up the walls of the thing, and, and they, they enter your life, and the next thing you know, you have a, a living living room full of uh, of monsters. I mean, possibly, just a, a metaphor. But if you if you see it, if you know what this is, nothing can startle you. I'm not saying you can't be startled, but I'm saying nothing surprises you. You know, no no one's uh, can come to you with terrible neurosis, uh, and and you're not you're not you're not um, startled by it, no matter how bad it is, because you 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 see what this is. You've seen it here, uh, so you know who this is, and there's there's nothing here that's going to uh, uh, if there's nothing here, there's not going to be anything out there. I could give you some examples, but uh, I have to, um, they come and get me. I'm sure I can crack a few of them, but I'm just kind of like, I think of one in my life. 
you know, if you don't have a certain circumstance where you're talking to another individual and it's been pulled into the spotlight to them and they pulled on the spotlight for you, if you never had a blessing, you could potentially go your whole life projecting subconscious yeah. projections. You could. This is what we talk about karma, uh, the causes and conditions uh, that bring us into a, this is an unusual place here. We've got a brick building in the middle of nowhere, which is basically Michigan. That's <laughs> somewhere, but it's Michigan. And, you know, there's not much, uh, you might go to California and find meditation groups and Zen temples and so on, but there's not, I don't think there isn't, there's a few groups here in Michigan. So this is a really unusual place. And what is the reason for having this here? So somebody can come here and live and spend uh, a strong or a major part of their life studying their mind, not to believe in Buddhism. I don't believe this. I don't believe in Buddhism. I practice it. I practice what the Buddha taught as near as I can tell through the help of my teachers. There's nothing to believe in. It's not a belief system. Therefore, it is uh, not. It is a spiritual path, and it is a religion in that it's practiced religiously, but it's not uh, a conventional form that we see. And don't misunderstand me. I'm not making those wrong. That's uh, Some people need that kind of a structure, and they should do that. So I'm not looking for converts. Thank you very much. We'll stand and dedicate the merit in the back of our red chant books. Again, call everybody's attention to the donation boxes in the hallway. As always, we appreciate and depend on your generosity to help with these teachings. Thank you. May the merit of this penetrate into all places so that we and every sentient being together can realize the Buddha's way. Jiro Sanchi. The ten directions, the three worlds, all Buddhas, all venerable ones, Bodhisattvas, Mahasattvas, the great Prajna, Paramita. of the ten directions and the three times, please hear us. Please come down out of the light and protect Sokopoji Buddhist Temple Monastery, our Sangha, Sangha, families, friends, and visitors. Heal everyone who is unhappy, sick, or suffering and fill them with light.